and uh, welcome once again to uh, Swing Thoughts. Here's a funny thing right off the top. You know, we, we've been doing the show, Tim and I, for about four years. And uh, I don't know, somewhere before our very first show, we chose this music, Sultans of Swing, right? Absolutely. And um, while I was looking for it on Spotify this morning, I was... I was starting to put in swing thoughts. <laughs> Sultans of swing thoughts? Sultans of swing thoughts. Uh, welcome, everyone. This program brought to you by TaylorMade Golf. Coach Tim's there. I'm golf spiritual leader. Let's get right to it. Uh, you can turn your mic up a little bit if you want. Okay, I will. Or I could even get closer to it. Yeah, that's good. Now it's perfect. Okay. Uh, it's uh, part two of uh, Tim and Howard's Excellent tournament adventure. When last we uh, got together, we were talking about uh, both of us playing in the early bird, which is hilarious because it was played October 3rd and 4th in uh, beautiful uh, Union, Ontario, St. Thomas, just south. Well, you know that area. You're from there, right? Yeah, just south of London. And, um, yeah, about a 45-minute drive from my mom's house. And <laughs> my mom doesn't live in a house. She lives in a... In an apartment building, but whatever, yeah. Is that, so. is that the area you grew up in, in that London, St. Thomas area? Yeah, I grew up in the west end of London in an area known as Oak Ridge, where I used to joke everyone looked like Johnny Carson. <laughs> oh, really? Uni- <laughs> uniform whiteness. Oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. But it was um, a great place to grow up. Well, as uh, I'm sure I've said it on the show, if not, I'll say it now. You know, of St. Thomas, the golf course, which is a beautiful Stanley Thompson design. If it was just a little bit closer to Toronto, everyone would play there all the time. Uh, I was lucky enough to kind of get in with a bunch of guys seven or eight years ago that said, hey, we're playing in this tournament, and I've played in it ever since. But, you know, all the years of being here in Toronto, I, you know, I, I thought I you know, knew some of the good golf courses. And then I played there. I'd never heard of it. And it, it's something else, eh, Timmy? Oh, it's... It is a masterpiece. Uh, well, here we go with another Ronin reference. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I was going to say, how quickly do we get to the Ronin material? Exactly. So he, he calls it Augusta of the North. So, yeah, maybe a bit over the top, but not far from it. It is just so, so good. Just a, a Stanley Thompson masterpiece. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great Stanley Thompson courses. But you get into that upper echelon, like Jasper, Park, a St. George's, oh yeah, uh, and, and then St. Thomas. Just a, a amazing property up and down Hill and Dale, and all that. And well, the it, it, are, uh, it, every every hole is is a strategic gem. Easy now, there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> easy, easy, Jim Nance. Every hole is a strategic gem. Um, I used to be a golf writer. <laughs> really, I used to be a broadcaster. Um, there you go. The, I didn't realize. I think it's ranked thirty seventh, eighth, something. It's in the top forty in the country, and it's and it well 40. deserved for sure. Um, the weather was definitely a factor, but let's just start. I mean, I we I think we set the table last week. You know, you were looking forward to it. You hadn't really played in a tournament like this. I mean, this year at the early bird was different because normally they have a bigger field. They flight it. And uh, in doing so, not everyone plays from the same tees. Because of my cap, I've always played 
from the uh, back tees, but two years, I haven't played in it in uh, the last year I skipped it. So two years ago, they lengthened the golf course for the Ontario Amateur, and this weekend was the first time I had played it from those tees. But I'd always played the back of the golf course, which was about, you know, 67, 50, pretty pretty long anyway but in you know in in certain conditions that's not too bad for a guy you know old guys like us but just to be and i'm gonna have you tell your story but i want to set the table by saying it was seven thousand yards it was at best that day 13 or 14 degrees the ground was wet it wasn't windy when we played but it got windier as the day wore on so in effect we're playing a golf course well, I'll give you an example. The 15th hole is 585 yards. That pin on Saturday was at the very, very back of that green. It's playing 605. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of golf course for guys like us. Uh, so, vintage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for some reason, the front nine doesn't feel as long as the back nine. Well, for, But even though they're equal in terms of yardage. I don't know why. I, I looked it up before we did the show. They're very similar, within 50 yards of each other. Yeah. So I saw you briefly, your brother Pat, uh, first Pat to mention. Uh, Patty uh, was caddying for you. I saw you. You looked relaxed. We, we exchanged pleasantries. Uh, I was arriving as you were teeing off. So, all right. Talk to me. Oh, it was, it was fun. The key thing for me really was dealing with the memory capital T, capital M, <laughs> which I recounted of when I caddied for my dad in like 1971 or 72. I'm 14 or 15. Uh, he arduously prepares. You know, we go to a local golf course to hit pitch shots. He does great. Goes to the range. Great, great warm-up session. First tee, <laughs> tops his first drive. <laughs> and as I as I, we said, it went downhill from there. <laughs> That's right. Started bad, got worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So quite honestly, um, in the weeks leading up to the early bird, I was practicing on the range in rounds as, okay, this is the opening drive of the early bird. Because mm. this, I just had just, you know, as you can understand, under, appreciate, I guess, the nerves going. And I just... I just knew that that surmounting that memory and being kind of drawn down into that rabbit hole of anxiety would be would be really interesting to see how I did. And um, so, yeah, so my warm up. So the whole I didn't I didn't sleep well. I think I finally got up at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> the whole way there, I came up with this Stuart Smalley like mantra. I said, "I like playing old courses. This will be fun." <laughs> the whole time, I'm just trying to keep myself, you know, from basically shitting myself. And uh, listen, anyway, I'll, I'll interject. I know a very very good tournament player. I will not give any hints as to who it is. But he's a very good tournament player, and he still throws up a little bit before every you know big round. Yeah. So, anyways, golf is so fucked. <laughs> it really, is. absolutely. Well, well, you're, you're, a, so you're a 62 year old man. We're walking around going, "I like old golf courses. Golf is fun." <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. But I think the greatest bit of wisdom that we've hit upon in four years of doing this is your comment a few seconds ago, golf is fucked. It's so fucked. It really is, everybody. You know, don't think for a second that we don't know just how ridiculous it is. Please continue. I love this. <laughs> oh, man. So on the range, I, I'm just aware that I'm shattering nonstop to a second Ronin reference. And my my brother Pat, I, I'm like a I'm like a five year old who's just getting home from his very first birthday party. Like I'm vibrating on the front seat, you know. Anyways, uh, I finally get to the first. How was your warm up session, by the way? Because that's a decent range, you know. Like, uh, oh, it was it was scatter shot. I mean, it was yeah. like you know, skull one, <laughs> hit one flush, hit, you know, hit a line drive, hit one flush. You know, I just like. Uh, Oh, I was just all over the place. And I finally just went up. And, of course, I didn't leave enough time to putt. I hit, like, about three practice putts. And a guy comes over, uh, Tim O'Connor, you're on the tee. <laughs> I just want you to know, though, when I saw you and your brother, uh, after our brief encounter, I thought to myself, Molly seems okay. You know, I didn't want to. Eh? Good actor. No, you did. I, I mean, well, we're all acting. I mean, you seemed... Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> listen, man. Uh, it's not like you walked in and went, get, "Get me out of here." <laughs> it's not like you were like, "I can't do this." <laughs> By the way, let me tell you quick another story. There's a this is a true story. Uh, a couple years ago, me and some guys were playing a really big tournament. I don't know if I ever told the story, but the guy who called his swing coach. Like at six thirty in the morning because he was like freaking out so bad, and at seven o'clock he was drinking old red wine to calm himself down. That's a true story. Like drinking some wine from the bottle that was open from the night before. Anyway, so you oh. were doing great. Uh, or yeah, and, and I, I was handling myself as well as I could to stay you know upright, moving forward, and, and so and on able, the tee, and, Tim O'Connor, able conversation. Yeah, and on the tee, Tim O'Connor. <laughs> right, and um, yeah, I just. My whole thing going into it was I wanted to be I wanted to be there. I wanted to physically be there. I wanted I got and, you, I can hear you. So by the way, when I point to the microphone, I, I it's not like we didn't hear you. I just wanted to get back on the mic. Get back to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to be like I, I you know, more precisely in that moment. Sure. I wanted to physically be there. So I just Took a few practice swings, did my normal routine, a very deliberate breath. And as I was standing over the ball, I was just aware of feeling the club in my fingers. And next thing, whack. Yeah, it happens quick, doesn't it? <clears throat> it does. And uh, Jim Waite, the starter, a guy who I know very well. Yeah, nice old guy. <clears throat> I know, very nice man. He goes, that's perfect. And I was like, whoa, that happened. And I was like, I hit this nice draw. Yeah down and it was solid it felt good i just went over to jimmy and like <laughs> i felt like just so alive like you wanted to hug him good yeah, old exactly. jim i love I you jim. jim i looked at me i said jim i said the hard part's over no <laughs> and uh the rest of the day was a lot of fun but that really that was the key moment for me was well i love that too because there's so much of uh not not baggage but memory of your father oh, yeah, baggage. You can use that word. Well, I don't know if it is, but but it, but it's not baggage in that it was heavy. It was just more of a. Well, maybe it was. I I don't know. Like to me, it sounds like just you know 
something, you know, you remember your father topping that first drive. And and the thing about the opening hole at St. Thomas is, you know, it, it's kind of benign, but there's trouble left. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's sort of downhill, which is nice for opening holes of a golf course because you can kind of get the ball up in the air and it stays there for a second. And But... Uh, but it's nice that you overcame that or whatever, uh, that you were able to hit the golf ball solid. Because i got to tell you, I've had lots of, you know, opening tee shots in tournament play, including the Canadian seniors last year, where I half I half topped a hybrid, you know, and no one saw it because it was right into the sun. I almost lost the ball. But, yeah, that oh, it happens man. fast, man. Yeah. You know? And that, that's the interesting thing is that there's a, there's a point, I think, in – in performance of anything, it's probably like you're doing stand-up. You walk out there, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm in the middle of this thing. I'm yeah. opening my mouth, and words are coming out. And and that's when I think things can really happen. Um, but there's conversely, the there's times I've done stand-up, and I've mentioned to you on the show and off the show, where I can tell really early on if I'm not there, and it, yeah. and they can tell. You know, and it's sometimes I have to, you know, jolt myself to remind myself, like, get here already, because you're so in your head. That's that's the exact point. Is it's like I didn't want to be in my head. I didn't want to be thinking, okay, do you know, swing slow or anything, which is about being in my head, trying mm-hmm. to swing by thinking about what my body needs to do, and you know, that never works. So I just wanted to be there. And so in, in, in a couple of ways, you can look at it in a number of different kind of lens, through a number of different lenses. One is I kind of surrendered. I just, I wanted to be there in the moment. You know, I've got a golf swing. I know how to play this game. So I just kind of said, okay, in a way, just going to go up there and I'm just going to feel the club and then whatever happens, happens. And my body knew what to do. So when I got out of the way, it was able to do what it can do. Mm. And uh, in ways, you know, it was able to access my swing. So, but the key thing, so much for me is that, you know, it's very easy because I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, I think a lot, you know, I am a knowledge worker, if you will. I'm in my head all day. Uh, You know, I'm I'm a writer and I tend to, you know, to really analyze, analyze (laughs) things. And, you know, I'm thinking about it and I, I put it in a blog about you know when you know my dad just so arduously prepared he was such a tinkerer you know that made him into a single digit player but that also really cost him yeah we've talked about our fathers uh before on this game on this podcast and i just remember he was just so when he topped that drive I remember watching the way his head just dropped when he would hit bad shots in golf his head would just drop and you know, it's like, so I'm 14 or 15. In that moment, I'm not sure I'd ever seen my dad so... Despondent. And exposed. Oh, yeah. That's a good one, and too. And vulnerable. Because, you know, it's at that age still, you know, yeah. early teens. You don't have along well with my dad. I mean, he's still my dad, you know, competent guy, does well in the world. I hadn't yet got to that stage, you know, about 16, where you think your father knows nothing. Oh, I have two of <laughs> them. I have two of those people living with me now. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I I felt so bad for him. Yeah. I think that was part of the um, that emotional thing that went on. Um, but you know, uh, it was so it was really interesting 
as we recounted that whole story and the sculling from one bunker to another, I, I remember it. Oh, yes. The, com- <laughs> the equation for comedy is is uh, pain plus time. Yeah. Time plus tragedy equals comedy. Um, well, I can tell you that. So let's hear about your. Well, no, I was going to say overall, if you're wondering what we all shot, it was uh, it was a very tough golf course. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of guys, you know, shot very high numbers. The kids were different, but the kids are different. You know, Garrett Rank shot 68 in the first round. Charlie, our friend uh, Charles Fitzsimmons shot. I think one over 72 or three. I can't remember, but yeah. there were no, some low right. scores. And, and another buddy of mine played really well. Alex Morin shot 74 in the first round. <laughs> but, um, you know, the rest of us uh, older guys, uh, except for Dave Bunker, who's not really a human. He's a, uh, a golfing legend. I think he Absolutely. shot seven. He, he's the best guy in his 50s. But he doesn't play a lot of senior golf. He, if he did, he'd win every tournament he entered. But you know, he shot quickly, he he shot seventy seven. Go ahead. Yeah, and he looks like he's a hundred years old. Does he really? I you know I don't know but, Dave. No, he just. I mean, it's, sorry, Dave, if you're listening to this, but no, he's, he's not. Of, trust me. He's kind of got this slump sort of look and shuffles. He doesn't have like this. You know, he doesn't look like us. <clears throat> athletic, yeah, doesn't have an athletic body. And then I watched him swing. It's like just this paragon of simplicity yeah. and efficiency. Wow. He, he's a lot like Lars that way. Lars Melander, yeah. who I'm playing with today. Lars is sort of unassuming, but he just hits the same shot 72 times. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so bunker shot 77. And uh, I can tell you, uh, there's a couple of elements to my story. So I'll tell you, should I just rip the bandaged off, bandaid off and tell everyone what we shot? Yeah, go ahead. I shot 87. Tim shot 95. I will tell you that a couple things happened in my round that have never happened to me in a round of tournament golf. When I, when I, and, and by, by the way, I don't want to sound douchey when I say uh-huh. at my level. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I play a lot of these things. And in and you're all, one handicap, you can say my level. So at my level of being a one handicap and the 26th ranked senior in Ontario, uh, <laughs> I have never played a round of golf with somebody who shot what this guy shot with me. I don't know, and I'm and I, he was a nice enough man, and I felt bad for him, but I don't know how he got in the tournament. He was a local guy. His son was playing. I guess he got in. Again, you have to have a certain handicap to get into the tournament. I think, you know, you're like a six or a seven. I think that's kind of the the cutoff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know this. I don't know what his handicap was, but he shot 124 playing golf with me. And as much as I'm, you know, empathetic and a caring individual, I will tell you this. (laughs) It was hard to play with. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Now, my round, again, you know, I'm not saying his, he's responsible. I'm just telling you that as the back nine came into the, the round, it was becoming harder and harder to play with him. Oh, of course. So I start off playing pretty good, pretty well. Uh, I go through the first five holes. I'm one over par, playing kind of a normal round of golf for me. You know, maybe I make another bogey on the front nine. Maybe a couple. I, I I was just kind of playing. Like, my goal for the round was 80 or under. I thought, you know, at that at that level of, of yardage and the kind of difficulty the golf course is, 
And I've shot in the 70s there before, so I thought, okay, my par today is around 80, 81, 79, 82, I would have been, and I was kind of on par for that. I I made a couple of little mental errors um, that led to a double bogey, and one of those mental errors was not recognizing that an uphill putt at, at, at St. Thomas oh. doesn't need to be hit as hard as I hit it. Now, yeah. so I hit, a, so I mean, like, I, I was, I, I got in trouble, I, I, did the conservative thing. I got back into the fairway. I hit it to the green, and then I three-putted for double. But other than that, I shot 41 on the front nine, parred 10. And so I'm kind of like in the round, four mm-hmm. or five over, and then it, it just got a little bit uh, much with him. Because then yeah. what happened was the first four or five holes, I really didn't notice because he was making triples. He was making, like, he tripled the first hole. No, I think he made nine in the first hole. I have a scorecard. But the poor guy, it got hard, because the golf course gets harder on the back nine. <clears throat> For sure yes. it does. But as the golf course, the first five or six holes when I was kind of playing well, I played well the whole front nine. I really didn't, I had his scorecard, but I didn't really, like, he was making sixes and sevens and eights and fives, and then the back nine, there's a stretch there where he made 10, 12, 11, 10. And it just became painful because, you know, like I would, like, I'll give you an example. On the 16th hole, yep. 15th hole, hardest par five there. One of the hardest par fives I've ever played. That's the one that's 605 yards. I killed my drive just to get it to the fairway. <clears throat> well, he made a 12 on that hole. You know, so it was just, it was starting to get to me. I'll be honest with you. I got to ask, Howard, I'm interjecting here. How much golf ball searching did you have to all, do? All of it. It was that hole yeah. in particular. The poor, yeah. the other guy we played with, who's a two handicap, shot ninety. He's a two, and believe me, a wow. good two, like good solid ball striker. I'm really nice, nice guy. But we were both. So on that hole, that poor guy had to go back to the tee. Mm-hmm. The the other guy, the one twenty four guy, had to drop two or three different. Like it was just madness so it kind of took me a little bit out of my element and i so i shot 41 on the front 46 on the back and again i'm not blaming him completely just but i I tell you this if i were if i was playing with you and and the guy that i played with i know my score would have been a little bit lower because our rhythm would have been similar Mm -hmm. but when somebody's taking 12 11 10 11 you know at one time you know he missed a putt and then he literally raked it back like like you do on a Saturday morning with your buddies, and I go, I go. Oh, he goes. Oh crap! Oh, I got to take a penalty. I go. Don't don't worry about it. Just make a, yeah. Don't yeah, worry just, about just, it. Just go. I'll just write down eleven. And then on the, you know, so that is, so that combined with the fact that four times in the round I had six foot putts for birdies, including seventeen, and was lagging them. In fact, I talked to Fitzsimmons uh, yesterday, and he even said. Like, he plays there. That's his home course, he said. They had every yeah. pin on every ledge. So they had 7,000-yard golf course playing 73, 7,400 yards. The greens are ridiculous already. And like 17, I hit a beautiful shot in there, six feet, but it wasn't quite uphill. It was, it was pin high. Because if it had been a little bit more to the left, I could have taken a run at it. But I was literally just tinking it to not, to not hit it off the green. So that was my round, and I had I love the golf course. But I told my uh, lady uh, Rachel before the, we went there. I said, "Listen, I just want you to know, this weekend is not about the golf for me. I love the golf course, but I, I'm not going to get into Howard grinding tournament mode. It's October, so 
you know, I left the course, had no other than the story of the guy shooting 124. I had nothing. You know, I enjoyed the day. 87 is the highest I've shot in, I don't know, years, but it was fine. I enjoyed it. And I'll tell you the truth, I had some good shots to shoot 87, as you did to shoot 95. Trust me. I know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, so I was talking this week with David Cokes, who a uh, longtime friend of mine, really good player, and a member at St. Thomas. And he played with Tim Southcott. And he said it was, I don't know what Tim shot. but 85. It's just, sorry? He shot 85. Yeah, I mean, I finished second so, in the Ontario Senior Am two, three years ago. So that's how exactly. tough the golf course is. Exactly. And my arch rival. Yeah, <laughs> the thing that Dave, Dave made the point to me is that, you know, when you're um, a senior player, um, it's just hard to hit to because on those greens, there's areas where you can't hit to. Yeah. And coming in there with like five irons and stuff. Um, you know, I just didn't have it, it was just difficult for me. But I'll tell you is that that 95 was one of my best ball striking rounds. I believe it this man. year. Yep. I, I didn't miss. I think I missed two fairways. And if I did, I was just a couple yards into the rough. I was hitting my iron solid. So where did all the strokes come from? Was, was like I, I, I three putted I four. I must have had 40. I must have had 45. Yeah. Minutes. I three putted four times, but they were. Uh, uh, they were all, all four of them. <clears throat> pardon me. I lipped out the comeback putts. I was putting oh. very well. And uh, I just got a, a couple times above the cup. Never like 15 feet by, five and six feet by, and just lipped out. Oh, God. But gee, I can I, see I, the, the greens are ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, you know, I probably should have played a practice round on Friday, but whatever. I have other stuff to do. So. Anyways, I just want to tell this story because this is kind of how the day went. So, good opening drive, solid uh, five iron for me to the just to the right side of the green. But I'm a little bit short, so I chip on, but it's a tight lie. I get a little bit more check on it than I want, and it finishes about six feet. So I go, well, this is probably pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I just tap the putt. And it misses the hole just barely on the right side and then proceeds to roll about oh, 30 feet past the yeah. hole. And I just stood there with my arms folded a la Payne Stewart and Olympia. Do you remember yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. years ago? Oh, 20 yeah. years or so ago? Yeah, a couple just, of years like, ago. Fold, just Three just decades ago. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just looked at Pat and I went, this is welcome to St. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how the day went. So the thing for me is... Um, in my putting, and I've been putting great this year, is that what I do is that as I get, as I move into the putt, I put my focus on my hands, on the putter, so I'm feeling the putter, and then what I do is I put my feeling into the club head, and I just stay with the feeling of the club head all the way through. Well, I couldn't feel the club head mm -hmm. at St. Thomas. Yeah. And I thought about this later. And I thought this might be interesting for you and I to banter about. Um, what happens is in unusual circumstances or places that you're not familiar with in golf and other places, your body reacts in ways that, that I haven't experienced before. Mm -hmm. And so for that whole front nine, I cannot feel the putter head. I just can't feel it. And so I'm totally in my head of trying to 
make putts, get out of my way, you know, don't think anything. And but I just can't do it. I, you know, in chipping too, it was the same thing. But yeah, chunk chip. It's always the and, little shots that are tougher. Exactly. So the point I was going to make was is that you know we've talked about this on the show. Let's say you get a PGA Tour player who's won, say, Sanderson's Farms or John Deere, and he finds himself on the 10th tee on Sunday in a major in or near the lead. Mm-hmm. And what usually happens is he throws up all over himself because his body is going through things that he's never gone through before. You know, or maybe not since, you know... College or whatever. I got it. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. So that was the takeaway for me is that here I was in a dealing with these greens with this speed you know the greens like I've had friend I you know a kid who I coach on the university he says he's never seen the greens at St. Thomas that fast yeah this time of the year and the slope so that course is built like what 1930-ish you know the stimp was like six at the time yeah those greens were not built for the speed that agronomy can get them now Exactly. So anyways, so that's... The well, and I said uh, Fitzsimmons, who plays there all the time. I mean, I talked to Charlie yesterday. So what they did on the Sunday, I said, no. I saw you there. I'm like, no, I'm not going to play in a torrendum. When, when I drove to the golf course Sunday, you know, I was all ready to play. And uh, But, you know, as you drive through the... I guess you cross uh, whatever that par five is as you're driving into the course. And... Um, it was. I said to Rachel, I said, well, the fairways are already, you know, pooling. So Fitzsimmons, they went back out sometime in the afternoon. Did you? No. Yeah. No, I, I, I see. I was supposed to be 8.50. Everything was delayed. And they said that you're going to get out at 11.20. Yeah. And it was so pouring rain. I went, this this isn't going to happen. And I just didn't want to. I had a big Monday coming up. Uh, it just would have been so. Just, they went out for well. Anyway, the bottom line is they went out for nine holes in the yeah. pouring rain. Rank shot one under, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, Charlie I think shot even par. Charlie finished second. He won it I think the last couple of years. Anyway, the point is it was a, when when people you know golfers are legendary. Oh, the greens were running fourteen. Well, no, they weren't. But uh, you know, I played at a golf course for a long time that had fast greens every day. And on special occasions, like the early bird, uh, the course I used to play at, you know, would get them really running. And uh, they were, you know, even if you were a member like me, used to faster greens. They, they, these were, you know, for, you know, the club championship and invitationals. When they really get them rolling, it's, it's a whole other world. Now, I, I was really happy. I, I three-putted once on the front nine. Once. Um, you know, I shot five over. But again, it was excellent. One was excellent a one word. was a silly double, and the other couple were just you know I just didn't get it up and down. But you know, again, Mister One Twenty Four and I, it just got it got harder. But I I, oh, I three course. putted three times on the back nine. Again, not from not from very far away, like fifteen twenty feet, where they just miss. But when you miss there, and you go by the hole. Generally, greens are built, Stanley Thompson greens are built back to front. So you're now coming yeah. downhill, and it's scary. <laughs> it's oh, a God. scary, you, it's a scary proposition. I've been dying to tell you. Uh, so 16? Tough, tough uh, hole. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so tough. Yeah, it's like a par five. And, you know what? and this is what, and real quick, um, David Cowks was talking to Garrett Rank, and he said that uh, that 68 he shot at St. Thomas was one of the best rounds he's ever played. Oh, my God. Well, 
he 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 beat the guy I played with by seventy shots. <laughs> Sixty six <laughs> shots. Yeah, that's hilarious to think of it that way. How much did he beat you by? Uh, I got beat by seventy. Listen, I shot eighty seven. I beat that guy by almost thirty shots. Or whatever, oh twenty gosh. shots. So I so anyways. Anyways, Cougs um, was what did Cougs shoot? He actually had a good I think he was like Gosh, I think he was four over for the um for the opening round and then for nice. nine holes I think he was like 40-ish or something. Nice. Sorry Dave if I got that wrong. No, that's good. But that's Dave's, good golf, man. Dave's a really good player. He's a good, good player. His his brother is Scott Couch. I know. I know, I know the connection. I, I, but I anyways, gonna... so here's the story I wanted to tell you. So 16, I've got a putt up the hill about um, I got a putt of about mm, 10 feet. I'm below the hole. What hole was so this, sir? 16. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's a bit of a right-to-left putt. So yep. I, my brother says, you know, I putt to the pro side. <laughs> Anyways, the ball, goes, the ball goes past the hole, makes a little U-turn, <laughs> and, and proceeds to roll about eight feet past the hole back to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. That is, I've never had that happen to me, you know, in 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 a round of golf. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I was, what I was going to say is guys love to brag about the speed of their greens and how hard the golf course was. But I can tell you, I play a lot of tournaments and I have never played, even when I've played the Canadian Mid-Ams and the Ontario Mid-Ams, you know, they usually play those courses around 66, 67, which is manageable mm-hmm. for me, I find. Yep. But 7,000, you know, 16 is a perfect example. And I... You know, it's 470 yards, and it's a tough tee shot. I had, I thought I hit a good tee shot, you know, nicely struck, and uh, I was. It never came off that hill on the right hand side, so I was literally laying up on a par four. I oh, couldn't. Totally. There was nothing I could do. I had about 200 to the, f- the the middle of the green, so I hit a good drive, very nicely hit, but I had nothing in my arsenal off that hanging lie that could get it to the green. So I was like, all right, golf spiritual leader. So I took an iron, I laid it up, I pitched it on, I two-putted, and I felt like I'd made a par. I made a five. Totally. I I did. I really, and that's how I look at some of those holes. You know, I three-putted 18, but it wasn't, my plan was to play it like a five par because it's 480 or some shit. It's four, yeah, it's 470, and that's exactly what I did. On 18, drive, seven iron, sand wedge, two putt out of dodge. made, And that was my, I played it like a three-shotter. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, other than three-putting it, I, my plan was I, 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 was ha- I would have been happy with, I wasn't trying to do something more than I could. And, mm. and that's why I said, you know, I kind of looked at the scorecard and after the first few holes, I was like, okay, you know, something in, like I felt like, I had a, I had a you know something under eighty would have been doable for me because um, I struck it pretty nicely. I didn't lose. I actually I did. I lost a ball on uh, on the uh, par five fifteenth. But you know I played I played as smart as I could. I wasn't doing. I wasn't trying to do anything I shouldn't. I mean that that hole I kind of screwed up. But you know the hole before the par five. I hit a a weak drive. I laid up. I hit a nine iron to seven feet. And I had no chance of making that putt. I just didn't. Yeah. 
You know, I get up, I look at the putt, and I'm like, I really should just do what I can not to three putt this seven foot putt for birdie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, the the comparison to Augusta, I think, really does make sense. Yeah. And in terms of like you you're watching, say, the Masters, and you'll see somebody hit a shot onto the green and go, oh, it's got no chance. You know, the guy hits the green and thing rolls, you know, forever. Yeah. And it's like, but the margin for error is so small on those greens. So, uh, Ronan and I were Ronan. Watching. Yeah, we followed. So, uh, what did Ronan uh, shoot? Since we're all um, talking about scores. Uh, ninety-one. Is That's a nice now. score. I tell and he's you. okay with it. He shot yeah. forty. He started. It was forty-one fifty, and it was just you know just the stuff that can happen. Buddy, the back absolutely. nine is tougher than the front nine by a bunch of shots. Absolutely. By a bunch well, of Ronan shots. Ronan is and Ronan is a very very good player. Plays in a lot of tournaments. I think it was his ninth early bird. But to give you an example, so we're watching Rank and Fitzsimmons coming in on eighteen. We're standing near that green. And Rank hits first, and he hits his drive, uh, sorry, his second shot into the green about, I would say, about 18 feet short of the pin, kind of center left. Yeah, because the pin was back left. That's right. Charles hits his about 12 feet right of Rank's shot, and it just, just, Charles just drops his head, and the ball rolls Back off the green, yeah. down the hill about a hundred feet, and then then he managed to fat his uh, next one. But that's what those types of courses do. You need precision. Mm-hmm. You need to be, you know. So he was just about twelve feet to the right of of rank, and he was dead. Well, and, and that's uh, I'm gonna, I was going to say I gave you the five minute uh, thing. You know, I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. I'm glad you had a great experience. Oh, it's you know, fun, man, I loved it. And, and and that's why you know the cliche exists. You know, Bobby Jones said there's golf and then there's tournament golf because tournament golf, like that golf course in those conditions, you know. If it was just you and I and Ronan and your brother or, you know, Charlie playing, um, you know, I, I, I guarantee you shoot 86 or 85. I break 80. I guarantee it because it's just like add to the pre- add to how difficult the course is, is that you're trying, you know, it's like it's got some there's some circum there's some uh, consequence to everything. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh but I will tell you that I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad we got a chance to play in that together. But I was, here's what I was going to say. So back to what Bobby Jones said. That's why when you play a great round in a tournament, it's so satisfying in a way that playing with uh, you know your buddies uh, at the Wednesday night men's night has it's different. Mm-hmm. And and somebody pointed this out to me, a friend of mine. You know, he said, "I know you don't get as excited for men's night as we do." And I said, well, he goes, no, no, I know it's not like playing in, he named a few tournaments. I said, you're right. The, the, the circumstances are more elevated. And, and I don't get as, because it's your home course and, you know, whatever. But when you were away and everyone around you is pretty good and, and you do well in those circumstances. And I consider what we shot were good scores, you know, because, Tim, if you looked at that leaderboard, there was tons of guys higher than us. Lots the, the the guy what I played with wasn't the only guy that shot in the hundreds, you know. So oh, yeah, I yeah. I, th- I thought we did nicely, and you know? I I felt pretty pleased with myself, and I thought you should as well. When I saw your score, I thought you know, the guy I played with was a two and shot ninety. 
You know, so you were well within the margin of what, you know, decent players were shooting. Yeah, no, I, I, my intention was to just treat it like a really fun experience and drink it in, enjoy spending time with uh, my brother, Pat. I mean, that was the first time Pat and I had really been able to bond around golf for mm-hmm. a long time because he was out west. He's now back. So, so that was great. Um, a lot of memories, a lot of laughs, um, and just hanging with like, you know, my buddies like Ronan and uh, we didn't Ronan, get Ronan. <laughs> okay, this yeah, is like the, the Ronan drinking game. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, but that was great. And, you know, it's like guys like Jim Waite there. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and actually, quite honestly, it was just kind of funny. So Sandy and I are considering moving somewhere other than Guelph in a few years. And um, <laughs> and I'm going to say, Sandy goes, what about St. Thomas? I'm going, oh, oh, that's interesting. Yes, that's that interesting. is interesting. Sandra. <laughs> I understand. I understand they have a nice golf course. <laughs> well, you know, Rachel and I uh, had uh, we were just driving around St. Thomas on Saturday afternoon, evening, trying to find a place to eat. And I was like, I had no idea there was those many people. And I, I didn't because all the years I go there, I just go to the golf course and go home. Right. Yeah, no, it's a nice small city. Like very nice, like, well, thirty five, forty thousand people, and uh, I actually did the, I did this, I did the real estate scope. I, looked, I drove, I spent about forty five minutes driving around St. Thomas, and you, St. Thomas people, you have a very nice city. Well, I'll and, tell you, a guy like you could. Uh, it's a very cheap golf course to join to. God damn it. Oh, I know, I know. Like you said, to your point, if this was anywhere near the GTA, <laughs> yeah, the, the initiation would be like 40, 50 grand. Yeah, easy. For, the, for that level of golf course. Well, this concludes uh, Tim and Howard's excellent golf tournament adventure. And sadly, uh, that's it. I think that was, I, I, I was just bummed, a little bit bummed. Like, I'm glad, I, you know, Rachel and I went to brunch somewhere in St. Thomas, and then we, you know, went back to Toronto, and it was a great day. But uh, I really would have loved to have played the golf course again. And so what I think we, sh- oh, yeah. we should do, you and I, and Rodin, uh, <laughs> maybe the three of us and uh, Charlie Fitz uh, go play around there uh, next year when it's just us you know I, I tell you what I would have loved to do as well I wish I, w- I would have loved to walk the golf course I wish I should have brought my robot because like I don't I, I took a car because I thought oh I'm going to need rain gear and all the other nonsense but that Saturday round was a must have been a beautiful walk oh it was it was gorgeous. well particularly I didn't have to carry my golf yes bag. you had Patty I I felt like such a such a dandy walking around there. Yeah. With, you know the the putter in the crook of my elbow <laughs> and everything. Getting ready uh, to three putt for the seventh time. <laughs> um, but so, I tell you what, you know, I I, yeah. I I really love the golf course, and and I had this plan, and when I left the fifth green, I went okay. We're we're kind of I, I I wanted to get through the first four holes one over because that third hole is difficult, and mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, I got through the first five holes. And not like I was keeping track, but I was like, okay. You know, we're on track, you know, we're here now. And, and like I said, I felt like, you know, but then the golf course begins and, and it really is a oh, lot of course. And, and I and I would never play it from where we played it from. Never. It's just too much for I'm, I'm 60 uh, years old. Vintage. No, yeah, fuck exactly. it. Sorry. <laughs> you know, so I said to Fitzsimmons, I go, I'm not playing from there. Why would I? I don't want to hit hybrid into par fours. <laughs> it's too much work. Exactly. Uh, Tim O'Connor, uh, always a pleasure to uh, have fellowship with you, as my people say. Yes, um, I've, I've really enjoyed this little, uh, this has been some good support uh, therapy. No, it was um, great. 
Tim dot <laughs> what it, work everything. O'ConnorGolf.ca is how you get a hold of Coach Tim. Um, the uh, Humble and Fred show is chock a block with Trump talk every day. Uh, if you want to uh, hear the latest on the uh, orange buffoon, uh, tune in Monday through Thursday. We're on Funny Eight Twenty and a bunch of other stations at uh, humbleandfredradio.com. Uh, Tim and I are uh, going to play. Uh, we're going to have the uh, Swing Thoughts Summit, and we're going to play golf next week. Uh, is is Ronan in the group, or is it Grant Fraser? Oh, it's Grant Fraser. That's right. <laughs> Ronan. Um, I'll play with you and Ronan if we can still play on that day, on that uh, Saturday a couple of weeks from now, whenever that is. Yeah, I think we talked about trying to get a game in a week uh, tomorrow, which would be... No, two weeks. Remember, I said a week tomorrow is a final hustler, so it's two weeks. Oh, that's right. Yes, two weeks. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Well, hopefully, uh, the snow will hold off. And uh, I want to have a, a, a Swing Thoughts uh, chat with you uh, when we're done our official recording. All right. Um, thanks to TaylorMade Golf, and thanks to you for listening. Get a shiver in the-